Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. So, you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Just how big of a fan are you? Do you deserve a seat at the dog's table? Well, you're here, aren't you? The best fans, the most patient fans in the league. This is the dog's table. Touchdown, Shabba-Lubba-Hub! If you're obnoxious, opinionated, over the top, and you live for the Browns... 45-40, run, William, run! 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Welcome to your new family. The Dogs Table, an official Dogs by Nature podcast on the SB Nation and Vox Media Podcast Network. Let's do this. Welcome to the Dogs Table. Now your hosts, Craig Fountain and Ryan Angelo. Let's go! Let's go! What's up, everybody? This is Craig Fountain and Ryan Angelo with the Dogs Table. We are coming to you this Tuesday. Uh, and uh, we're, we're live. Uh, so if you're on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, we appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, for the rest of you, we are with the Dogs by Nature Podcast Network via SB Nation and Vox Media. And uh, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we are going to talk about this week's loss, where our season's heading, uh, what to look for, Watson's progression, maybe some coaching stuff. And uh, we're going to talk about all that. And if you are watching live, stick around for the <clears throat> overtime show where you can join us and uh, have some discussions with us. Ryan, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm okay, buddy. It's uh, Tuesday. It is not a victory Tuesday. Um, the Browns season is effectively over and the stress is gone now. So it's not really that bad of a thing, I guess, in the long run. Yeah, I mean, it kind of ripped the Band-Aid off. I Because, I mean, realistically, we had an outside chance and we talked about it last week. If we had won this game, this was the hardest game left on the schedule, assuming Lamar Jackson doesn't play when we face Baltimore. And had we won this game, we realistically had a chance to run the table and hit the playoffs. Uh, the likelihood of that still not great uh, percentage wise or odds wise, probability wise. But the, the chance was uh, much more palatable to to be able to say, I'm going to, you know, take this on and I'm going to root for them and get my hopes up and things like that. Right. But uh, we don't have to worry about all that. We are not going to drag this out to just to be disappointed in week 16 or week 17. The Browns are not mathematically eliminated uh, as far as I've seen. But I mean, effectively, like you said, the season, yeah, the season's over. Yeah, it's over. I think it's like a 0.4% chance or something like that, which is like, you know, the size of the skin on my chin right here. But you know, it's not going <laughs> to, or the hair on my chin right here, but it's not going to do anything for him. Yeah. Or, 
And and we're kind of going to get into off-season mode here shortly because that's what we have to talk about. We have we have coaching, we have uh, personnel uh, as far as free agency coming up. We have future free agents. We have injuries to talk about. The draft's going to be coming up. We're also going to be evaluating players for the last four games of the season. So uh, keep tuning in for that. But uh, let's talk about the Cincinnati game before we move on to to what's moving forward. I felt like this was a winnable game. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely winnable. I mean, you were effectively playing Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and uh, third and fourth and fifth string wide receiver group, right? So it's like you think that this defense has the opportunity to take advantage of an offense, you know, that's usually explosive, that's missing T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and, you know, Joe Mixon, you know, Joe Mixon's Joe Mixon. He never really tends to tear up the Browns, but, you know, it, it was a prime winnable game for them. I think in, in my opinion, the defense for Cincinnati played lights out, but yeah, I mean, they were missing some key pieces that should have made this game a little bit easier to win, but you know, it's just, it's it wasn't in the cards. Yeah. And the <laughs> what do we talk about last night? We talked about Joe Mixon maybe coming back and the effect that P Ryan could have on the run game. And right. I think we were on the money with that. He is not to be overlooked, even though Mixon was back. Uh, he had a lot of success against us. Um, you know, we we did some things well. There were some silver linings. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not uh, I'm getting tired of moral victories, but eh. Let's kind of let's kind of go through this game. So let's talk about the big play everybody wants to talk about. Give me your thoughts on the decision to put Jacoby Brissett in on fourth down, not having thrown a pass. He threw one pass this game, and it was on this fourth down, and they took a shot at the end zone on fourth and short. Give me your thoughts on, on the play call, and yeah. what, how how'd you feel about that? It was That's your boy, man. It, it, yeah, it, it's it, it was a head scratcher. I mean, it's one of those plays that we've talked about throughout the season um, when we've evaluated Kevin Stefanski and his tenure as the Browns coach this year. It's it was odd. You know, you're you're effectively moving the ball down the field. It seems as though your offense and Deshaun Watson have some type of momentum going for them. Deshaun looked better in this game. He's moving the ball. It seems like he's reading the field a little bit better. Uh, and then on fourth and one, you decide to take the hot quarterback out, bring the guy off the bench. And I could understand it if you were going to line Brissett up with, um, you know, Chubb and Hunt or something like that and try to do some type of funky run play to get the extra yard or even the QB sneak. I could understand that type of play call. But to have him come in, take your hot quarterback out, come off the bench and then throw a pass to the end zone, it's just, I mean, I understand the concept. They're trying to catch him sleeping. But at the same time, it just wasn't the time for that. Like you're you're effectively trying to start your game off on the right foot and you put your foot in your mouth instead of in front of you. So it, it was weird. Um, and I think rightfully so, Browns fans can be upset about it and they should be. Um, it's been heavily criticized since the game happened. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it makes you think, is Kevin Stefanski on the hot seat? Is this really the coach for this team? Is he the leader that this team needs? Is he, is he one of those guys that he feels that he's, you know, 
smarter than he should be. I, I don't know. You know, it's just tough. It's, it was a very, very odd situation and it was an odd play call. And it's just one of those ones that's been happening all year long that you just kind of scratch your head and you're like, man, that just really happened. Like, I don't understand why he did that. So it, it was, I was right there with, with Brown fans or Browns fans that I, I didn't like the call either. Yeah, I'm not so sure that I was a fan of it. I, I guess there was personnel issue, right? So supposedly, so they say. I, yeah, so they say Harrison Bryant was supposed to be in there. Farrell Brown stayed on the field. The the connection just wasn't there. To be fair, Brissett was seemingly on the money, but the receiver couldn't quite get there. I don't think that was an overthrow. I think the ball went right where it should have. Yeah. Um, but either but let's way, let's be honest. You know, a pers- a personnel issue. Let's be honest. What does it matter? What is what is Harrison it Bryant shouldn't. bring to it the shouldn't. table that is so spectacular that Nick Chubb needs him to get one yard or Kareem Hunt needs him to get one yard. You know what I mean? Like that's just such a cra- crappy cop out for the Browns to even say it was a personnel issue because your your best player isn't Harrison Bryant. I don't I don't, I don't think they they blamed the failure of the play on not having Harrison Bryant in there. I think they said not only was the play unsuccessful, but like we had less probability of executing this play because we had the wrong guy in there. There was chaos at the line. You know, we were struggling to get the right guys out there, get the playoff, that sort of thing. I That's the angle that I took from it. Either way, this far into the season, you know, we shouldn't have a problem getting the right guys. I got you. On the See, field. I, I took it the other way around. I thought it was they called that play because they didn't have Bryant in the game. So that's what I was, I, that's gotcha. how I took it, but that's either way. It's potatoes. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But uh, let's talk about another fourth down play. Should they have let Cade York attempt uh, what would be an NFL record setting field goal? <laughs> I mean, why not? Instead of a Hail Mary pass. Uh, I mean, listen, <laughs> we can Monday morning quarterback it all we want to, right? But either way, if it's, if it's a great successful kick, Yay, Cade York made that kick. But if he misses it, we're going to roast him and we're going to roast Kevin Stefanski for having him kick a 60, 70 yard field goal, whatever it was. So, I mean, honestly, it, it doesn't matter either way. They were in a, a rock and a hard place. And I, I don't care if you throw a bomb there to try to make something happen or kick the field goal. Like, he's probably got a chance of making it. He does have the leg, but I, I just don't. I mean, the, prob- the percentage of him making it is probably very, very low in that point. So, uh, I don't care either way to be honest. Like it's just, it's just the Browns. It's, it's just how their season has played. It's perfect. Yeah. I loved his uh, reaction on the sideline. Like oh, yeah. the confidence that he had uh, with a, with an exchange with special teams coordinator, Mike Prefer. Right. You could, I was lip reading and uh, you know, Prefer was obviously telling him like, dude, this is 67 or 68 yards. Yeah. And, and he's Kate like, York's so what? like <laughs> Kate York's over there pointing at himself. Come on, put me right. in, put me in, come on, right. put me in. And Prefer said something to him and you could clearly say, see Kate York say, I don't right. give a, right. you know, so I mean, it, it just was, let him kick it then. You know what I mean? Like it's it, your season can't get any worse. Like that one kick isn't going to make or break your season at that point. So just let the guy go out there and try to make the field goal for you. Who cares? Right. I mean, the argument's always going to be the Hail Mary has a higher probability right. of being executed. But I mean, at, at that point, you know, right. you're not, I don't know. Anyways, those were, those were not the, well, the first one was arguably a pretty yeah, big was, issue. Yeah. Uh, the Cade York thing. I mean, whatever, but Nick Chubb couldn't get going in this one. He had 14 carries for 34 yards. That's only 2.4 yards per carry. And something else we talked about last week was 
the the Browns and Nick Chubb, this running game, they're going to keep seeing these eight-man fronts until we make somebody pay for it. We did not make them pay. So we're going to keep seeing it, and it was a struggle. They couldn't get the, the game. Kareem Hunt, four of six. Four carries, six yards. Yeah. 1.5 yards per carry. So we did, we had a terrible day on the ground. It was absolutely awful. Deshaun Watson showed a little bit of improvement over the uh, debut game against yep. Houston. Uh, I think, I think he started off a little bit more efficient than he ended up. You know, he ended up throwing yeah. the ball 42 times, completed 26, 276 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, you know, this, the rest of the season's just, I mean, all we're going to, all we're going to be doing is kind of evaluating his development. Right. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be looking at people's Jones development. He had career highs in, in a number of categories, 12 targets, eight catches, 114 yards. He had a monster game. Amari Cooper had a very uncharacteristic game, uh, to where there was a couple he couldn't haul in. Um, yeah. He, he, was, caught, he was limited, I think. Uh, he was injured before this the game started or whatnot. Yeah. So it's I kind of thought maybe that might happen with him, but um, I mean, this was definitely a game with the run game. Not to backtrack, the offensive line has the trend has been downward, and this game started out they had been cracked. Um, the the foundation was cracked, and then by the time the game ended, I think you saw it in the efficiency of the offense. They broke the offensive line broke um, the Bengals defensive line out physical them. They broke them mentally and physically. And the, uh, I, I'm very, very concerned about the offensive line moving forward. That's definitely going to be the area of uh, focus probably uh, in the off season on the offensive side of the ball. Anyways, um, between that and wide receiver, I think that's definitely where they're going to, you know, put a lot of their, their attention, the, the defense, man, the pieces just keep falling. Uh, JOK is dealing with injuries. Um, man, this is, this was not, we keep saying it over and over again, but I still, I still can't wrap my head around how terrible we've been on defense this year. Defense was supposed to be the strength of this team. You know, we finished strong enough last year and added a couple pieces that made us really think going into this year that that the defense was going to ball out. You know. Yeah, but, I'm sorry. Man. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm in my work office and somebody's ringing my doorbell. My dogs are going crazy. So oh, gotcha. I <laughs> muted myself, but no worries. But uh, yeah, and on the defensive side of the ball, we did get a turnover, which is good because we've been struggling uh, until last week against the Texans to get turnovers. Deion Jones had an interception. Um, man, this was, this was a tough, tough, tough game on defense. Miles Garrett was a bright spot though, two sacks. Um, but they, they pretty much let, <laughs> they let the Trents, right? The Trents, yeah. Trenton Irwin and Trent Taylor. Uh, we allowed them to gash us. Trent Taylor had one for 34 yards. Uh, Trent Nerwin, two for 58, a touchdown. You have a more of a typical uh, stat line for Jamar Chase. 10, 10 receptions on 15 targets, 119 yards and touchdown. Yeah, We just let them throw all over us. Joe Mixon had 96 yards. Samaj Pirine had a touchdown. 
Uh, he had four carries, got five and a half yards per carry on the ground. So we just we failed all the way around on defense. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's uh, I, I think we saw the team break throughout that game. Like, I, I think the defense broke, the injuries caught up to them, uh, the offensive line broke. I mean, it was just an all the way all around poor performance. And it's unfortunate because the talent there is talent there. Um, I think they are significantly lacking in certain areas, but as you said, the, the, the injuries going forward are just catastrophic for this team. They, I mean, they're, I think they're pulling linebackers off the streets at this point to play. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be bad going forward. So, um, you know, we're going to see how they can pick the pieces up and, and be competitive and if they can. Um, but it, it was rough. Yeah. And you know, I, this, I feel like if we would have gotten off to a little bit of a quicker start and maybe this is where that fourth down attempt in the first quarter really went south, because if you look at what our defense did, we forced them to punt on their opening drive. They got the ball to open, open the game. We turned the ball over on downs on that fourth, fourth and short. What was that? A fourth and one It's fourth and short, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they take over on downs. We force them to punt. We punt, they punt. We had a chance to be up in the first quarter had we converted on that fourth down. Now, I think, you know, the idea was obviously Jacoby Brissett's successful with the QB sneak. They tried to catch him sleeping, you know, that sort of thing, whatever, which is fine. But we have to convert that. We we had a chance to get some points there. Uh, Second quarter, punt. They score a touchdown, Jamar Chase. We kick a field goal. They get a touchdown. End of half. We get the ball back after after the half. Punt. They punt. We punt. Touchdown. Touchdown. And uh, yeah, there there was opportunities to score where this game could have been a lot closer. Right. Just if if we would have gotten a few more points in the fourth quarter, you know this this could have been a twenty three thirteen or twenty three seventeen game. It could have been a lot closer. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just on par with how the season has gone. I mean, you referenced the Jamar chase touchdown and it's that play. If you go back and watch that play, the cornerback that's guarding him on that route, I believe it was Denzel uh, Matt. He actually wasn't even playing a horrible coverage on that. He was playing inside leverage on the, on the route. And it was supposed to be help over the top from the safety. And you just saw a safety that lackadaisically walked, kind of like half jogs over to this pass play. And it was like, they were both surprised that the ball got there. And it's like, it just sums up the Brown season defensively perfectly because you, he's the, the top receiver, young receiver in the league, right? If not top three, you have to know he's the only receiver on the team. That's going to burn you like that. You know what I mean? And they just both seemed like they were surprised. And it was like, how did this ball get here? And he's the only threat that they have on the team right now because the other right receivers are hurt. And it just, it just sums it up for him. I mean, it really does. It's just, it's mind boggling how bad it can look when you break stuff down. So we come out of this loss and, and fans are starting to lose their mind. Media is starting to suggest certain things. And, uh, you know, this game kind of put Kevin Stiff, Fansky it a little more of the forefront of the the talk about being on the hot seat right now we can get into this this a little bit before we get into the next game uh but uh you know 
this didn't do anything to help Joe Woods. This didn't do anything to help uh, Mike Prefer. Um, Stefanski is, I think, on the brink of losing the fan base. He may have already lost the locker room. I don't know. And for the it, record, it, let's be honest, he may have already lost the fan base. He may have. Now, I am not firmly on the fire Stefanski bandwagon. That is so. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm not a like, let's fire Stefanski. Like, that is not where I'm at right now. However, my prediction, regardless of whatever Mary Kay is saying or whatever, I still believe that even though that some of the the local media is saying that Stefanski's safe, I'm not buying it right now. Me neither. Um, I think that there's a that there's going to be a scapegoat this season. You know, he could maybe save his job by cleaning his own house, getting rid of Woods, getting rid of Prefer. You know, we yeah. haven't even really talked about Alex Van Pelt. He doesn't want to give away play calling duties. He'd probably rather lose his job than give up his play calling. Most likely. Um, I mean, it's know. it's his sword. Why not go out on it, right? Right, exactly. That's what got him here. Right. Uh, and, and that's the way most of those guys are, and that's fine. But when it comes to the guys that that are pretty much reporting directly to Haslam. The way our front office works, you have D Podesta, who is reporting directly to Haslam. You have Barry, who actually came after Stefanski. Stefanski was part of the the group that sought out and found Barry. I think Barry's kind of leapfrogged Stefanski, and uh, I think Barry's got better job security, even though we're starting to question his drafting ability and talent evaluation ability, things like that. But I think that there's a chance that, you know, D Podesta's like, hey, listen, I'm I'm giving you the data. Kevin's not doing this, you know, something like that. We well, know how these things go. Right. And, you know, I'm I'm there with you because I, I have a sneaky suspicion that his seat may be hotter than what it what some of the media members are trying to make it out to be, because Jason Lloyd had made a comment this week on a TV show um, that De Podesta actually wanted to hire Robert Sala over Kevin Stefanski and the organization went the other way. So if there's already dissent within the organization on who they should have hired the first, the first time around, it's typical Browns all over again, honestly. And whether you want to admit that or not and say that they've turned a corner as far as the franchise has, you know, the organization and the structure and all that stuff if there's already dissent on who was to be hired in the first place and he's not succeeding, that's going to come back and it's going to come back roaring its ugly head and it's going to make a difference come time, whether or not they're trying to decide what to keep him, because now you're talking about your chief strategy officer, whoever he is, D Podesta possibly walking because you won't fire the guy that shouldn't have been hired in the first place. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, this is something I had posted on social media and I said, Hey, I mean, exactly what I just said here. I'm not saying that I believe Stefanski should be fired, but I think his seat's a lot hotter. Right. And then, then a lot of people realize, and there's a good chance that, that of all these analytics guys, he's not the most influential, mm -hmm. you know? Um, some people are like, well, the Ivy league boys are going to stick together. They're not going to turn on their own in this business. There is, 
you know, no, nobody's going to fall on the sword yeah. to not keep their job. Tell me I have to fire somebody or lose my couple hundred thousand dollar a year paycheck and I'll tell you right. what I'm doing. <laughs> right. There are, and, and think about your work, workplace environment just because they have these jobs and such a such a an elite fraternity and there's so few of them doesn't mean it works that much different. You know, the finger pointing starts going around. Dee Podesta is going to say, uh, you know, uh, you should have hired Sala. I wanted yeah. Sala. And Stefanski is going to say his analytics are garbage. I'm, I need more football decisions, right. less analytics decisions. And uh, Stefanski is going to say, well, Barry didn't draft the right guys. And Barry's going to say, well, D Podesta told me to draft this guy and I didn't want to draft. Like this is right. how it's all going to, to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, eventually one of those three is going to be out. I right. don't think that, that they, they clean house, but something just tells me that, while a couple months ago, if you would have asked me, I would have said the Watson thing kind of resets Stefanski's timeline and job security. I am the the more I'm thinking about it and the way things are going, I'm just I'm kind of going backwards on that. You know, it's yeah. just I I I don't feel that strongly about that anymore. Yeah, I agree. I'm there with you. Um, you know, and there's there's always going to be disagreements, right? There's always going to be disagreements. And uh, I, I don't know that I would say that, that we love drama, but we're, we're speculating here about what could happen. I am, I am saying that, that, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm not, I don't buy the safety of Stefanski right now. I just don't. Um, all right, coordinator wise, Woods is gone. Like, there's, yeah, there, what would your reaction be if they kept Woods around? I, I think the city of Cleveland would burn down. There'd be some, I, I, uh, I, think the, I think the fan base would burn, might even try to burn the stadium down. Like, I, he's, pro, he's the scapegoat. I mean, he is right now, he's got the target on his back, and it's, would be absolutely shocking if they didn't let him go. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. 
But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Yeah, I don't so... care. I don't care what Mary Kay says. <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's uh, if you're listening on the Dogs by Nature podcast network, there are some folks commenting, uh, um, you know, we and we kind of alluded to this earlier, like the misinformation that comes out in the media, you know, they have their friends, too. Yeah. They have their sources and they're not going to they're not going to do anything to, uh, uh, you know, disrupt that channel of information. So the thing, that's the thing, you know, is, Baker, Baker was a slam dunk, right? Like they were going to give him an extension oh, yeah. and then yeah. Baker Mayfield, they like, they were not going to go after Watson. They were committed to Baker Mayfield and this and that and the other, like, even if they're close to the team, the local media and by, by media, I'm talking like, like the plain dealer, cleveland.com, like these massive media outlets uh, that are local. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm, so, just keep, uh, keep going. <laughs> Norman, stick around. Norman's commenting. Uh, we'll talk about this when we can, uh, when we're not on the audio only portion of the show, because I can't yeah. wait to get into this. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, the this season's just been awful. The team's been yeah, awful. It's been rough. Uh, too many excuses. Too many excuses. injuries aren't going to make anything better moving forward either. That's the thing is the foundation's already crumbling, and we drop a couple more games with this easy end of the schedule and it's, it's going to be rough. All right. I think we ruffled some, uh, we ruffled some feathers. All right. Back to, back <laughs> to focus. Sorry. I was reading comments. I'm multitasking while we're recording this. Uh, and you can catch us live too. If you're on the dogs, Band nature podcast network, Tuesdays at nine, of course you guys catch the replay on Apple podcasts and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're part of the dogs by nature podcast network. Um, all right. We have a Saturday game, two Saturday games coming up. Do we really? Yeah. Well, I knew this I'm, next one was Saturday, but I didn't realize we had two Christmas Eve. Oh, that's right. Christmas that's right. Eve is on Saturday. So nice. we have this next week, the Ravens, right? Yep. Anybody want my tickets? Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. If I didn't have to work, I might take you up on that. Um, right. Yeah, you can't sell them, right? That was the what we were seeing today. You can get seats for as low as eight, like eight dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be tough to try to get club seat prices. That's for sure. Hmm. All yeah. right. So, yeah, it it's looking like Lamar Jackson's not going to be back, and Tyler Hunt uh, Huntley is still in the concussion protocol. So we don't know exactly who the quarterback is going to be. Is it still the former Penn State quarterback? Is that their third uh, stringer? Man, why am I? I know who you're talking about, and I believe that's who's in line right now. Oh, God, um, what's his name? Give me a second. You know, 
ESPN when the game was happening. I checked my I checked the box score on ESPN. I was checking my fan, fantasy lineup, and it said unknown player is <laughs> under the box score. Uh, what's his name? Why is it uh, Anthony? Uh, oh, maybe they don't have him anymore. Anthony Brown is Anthony their third stringer. God, I don't know who I'm thinking. Of. McSwirly. That's mm-hmm. Trace McSwirly or Swirly. Do they Certainly. have Swirly? Not anymore. He was there he's last year. He's in Arizona, right? Yeah, he's not there anymore. But, uh, no, I mean, Huntley can do some damage. We've seen him do it. Oh, yeah. You know, the last time we saw Huntley, it was like Lamar never left the game. If anything, he sparked him a little bit against us. That was the yeah. poo-poo game, right? He, he had yeah. to waddle the locker room. Yeah. Um, yeah. Squeezing the cheeks, baby. Squeezing the cheeks. <laughs> booty cheeks. Lamar Jackson's <laughs> booty cheeks. Booty cheeks. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I don't know. At this point, I don't care who the opponent is. Right. I, I don't feel comfortable calling right. anything a win. And actually, at this point, listen, I'm rooting for the Browns to win. Yeah. If Stefanski really has a handle on this team, they won't quit. At the same time, it's like, I don't care if they pull our long-term guys and we just lay down and we tank for a high higher pick in the second round. I really don't care at this point. We don't have right. a first round pick. You can't hurt me anymore this year. You can't right. hurt me. Um, you know, really we have one goal in my opinion, and that's to get Watson ready for next year. Right. I plan disagree with you, Ryan, on the fact that that was always the plan. I think the plan was to be competing for a playoff spot right now. Well, I'm sure within the organization. Yeah. I'm sure that, that's but, what uh, I, I think we do. all thought that was the plan though. Yeah, I didn't, but, uh, yeah, this wasn't supposed to, for me, this wasn't supposed to be like the preseason. Sean <laughs> Watson. Well, I mean, that's kind of what it is now. And, and I think that you're going to start seeing guys, you're going to see Michael Woods getting more involved. You're going to see David Bell getting more involved. They're going to play around a little bit. We might see yeah. more Jerome Ford because I don't, I, I really don't see Hunt coming back. Um, I know we disagree on that also. I, I don't think this is his last chance to get, there's no reason for him to take a team friendly deal. There's just no reason. I, he I needs pers- to go get his yeah. last check. I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't know. Um, you know, presumably Amari's back next year and Donovan Peoples-Jones is back next year. We're going to have David Bell outside of that. You have Anthony Schwartz is on the IR. Um, he may not be back. This <laughs> Andrew Barry's going to have to start cutting his own draft picks. Right. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. You know, I, I get that Kareem Hunt is a hometown guy, but I, I the only thing that I'm going to say on that is that the reason that I lean towards him staying with the organization is that because I think it's going to be hard for him to get paid somewhere else because he doesn't have a lot on tape right now, and I think that's going to be what's going to limit him to get the big check that he would like to get possibly somewhere else. Um, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that they can put a team friendly deal together with him just because of that, but we'll see. So I'm going to plug this because I saw this in the comments. And uh, if you're listening to the Dogs by Nature podcast network, chances are you read Dogs by Nature. I did an article about uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba's draft stock uh, and Cody Fall to the Cleveland Browns in the second round. Um, even if he did, 
I don't I, I don't want Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jigba on this team. There's just he is no, not going to fall to the second round. He sh- he probably should, but he won't. Yeah, that's my opinion. Listen, this guy had this guy had one good season, and out of this good season, he had an epic five games. Outside of that, the guy's done nothing but either hurt, yeah. be be hurt or not produce. Um, and I'll say he, that he won't fall he out of the first round. Doesn't have elite size. He does okay. Let's talk about it. Doesn't even need to be elite. He doesn't have great size. He doesn't have great speed. Right, like his route running is good it's not great like this this is a very average athlete so you know to me if you want to compare him to like like sometimes we say quarterbacks like they're not they're not a lead at any one thing but they're good at everything um you could say he's a gamer in that aspect a little bit but there's just really not in my opinion oh that's a huge gamble a huge gamble to take him even in the second round. Now somebody is going to fall in love with him and fall in love with the idea of him. And they're going to draft him. I don't think he would fall to the Browns regardless of where we pick in the second round. However, if he does, I would hope we pass on him personally. Now I'm not a, I'm not a homer. I'm not an Ohio state fan. I also don't have a reason to, to dislike Ohio state. I like to give Ryan a hard time or our listeners a hard time. Cause I know most of you guys are Ohio state fans, but I really don't care. Um, you know, we're already getting into draft talk here now. All right. This is, this is going to be an interesting off season. Um, you know, he outperformed Olave and he outperformed Wilson. Right. They went pick what? 11 and 12 in the first round. Yeah. I think their, their success in the NFL is probably going to be the reason why he does not fall out of the first round. I think that the success and track record of Brian Hartline developing them as receivers is probably going to be the reason why he doesn't fall the first round. Um, could be, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I mean, he ran a four five forty. It's not that slow <laughs> for, I mean, for a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He is. He actually is an above average route runner though. I will give him that. I agree with, with what you've said, but he is an above average route runner. If if he would run a four three, no, oh, I mean that's and ridiculous. really show that he's pro ready. I think that helps him. Uh, I'm gonna, I I I'm getting into a a wager with Always Positive J. If you guys are on social media, if you guys are listening, you may have come across Always Positive J. Uh, most people have. Uh, he thinks Njigba is gonna go top ten, so we yeah. have a wager on that. I, uh, <laughs> I would say he's definitely gonna go top twenty. I think if he goes in the first round, he's going to go between pick 25 and 32 personally, man. I don't know. I think it depends on his combine. I think if he has a good combine, he's top 20 easy. All right. <laughs> we'll have all off season to talk about Jackson right. Smith and Jigba. I um, mean, Jameson Williams really had one good season as well and was hurt with a major knee injury and still went top 20. Okay. But he's fast. I mean, he's a lot faster than he, he, his physical traits are different. Yeah, like, but I'm just saying, he was a one hit wonder too. All right, one hit wonders sometimes work out. Yeah. Uh, they do. Man, it's it's not that I'm a pessimist. It's just like we're I just I just don't track. agree with everything you guys say. Like we're, I'm very. Yeah, I know we're on we're on different pages. Yeah. Um. 
you know, I mean, there Jameson are had, he had some good plays at Ohio State before he transferred to Alabama, but he wasn't getting enough playing time. Didn't think he was going to get enough playing time, and he went there as the number one receiver in a year that Alabama needed a number one receiver. Had a great year, and then hurt his knee like late, late in the process. Really didn't do anything in the combine, and still got drafted top twenty. I, I think the NFL draft that people care more about possibilities in in future than they do the actuality of everything. Uh, they're really they're they're playing Russian roulette with with college kids is what they're doing. They're looking at something and they're going. What's the chances he's going to play? He's going to pay off for me, and you know, somebody's going to pick him. <sighs> but I get what Nobody you're saying. Will. Don't listen to the comment section, Craig. Don't let him get you all blue, oh, buddy. Man, they're <laughs> they are roasting me right they now. They are roasting you. It's all good. Realism I got roasted all week. Are two on, different on things. Twitter, so I love it. <laughs> I, I I feel like I'm the more realistic one because I'm not Jackson Smith and Jigba is not. Uh, not a jersey I'm buying. It's not somebody I'm rooting for on Saturdays. I'm not rooting against him. I just he's not my boy. Because no, I'm not you. an Ohio State fan. Right. Um, but uh yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll see. There's plenty there's gonna be plenty of guys to talk about. Hopefully in the second round, we're taking a defensive tackle, uh <sighs> like a kid out of Clemson. That's 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 the guy I'm looking at right now. He's it's, on my wish list. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, I mean, Andrew Barry's got some – he's got his work cut out for him. He's, he doesn't have any first-round picks. Uh, I think the Browns are going to be very active in free agency this year in trades. Um, I, I really do. I would not be surprised to see some of these guys getting traded out of the building um, for younger players um, and for him to be very active in free agency because, you know, he really has no other choice. You know, he, he's not going to plug all the holes on this team with the eight draft picks that he has this year we have a shortage of draft picks we have salary cap limitations uh he's gonna have to do some salary cap gymnastics mm -hmm. we can free up a ton of cap space but not yeah. without mortgaging our future you know every time we restructure one of these deals and and we convert money into signing bonuses you're spreading that money out over the future years you that can that can bite you real quick um yeah, just push it down the line. That's what they always do. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, Barry might have to. I mean, right? if he's just successful, he'll it. have to deal with it. But, you know, he may not have to. Anyways, back to Baltimore. There we go. Um, winnable game, especially if Lamar Jackson's not in there. Uh, but, you know, I as far as I'm concerned, I want to see the defense play like they give a shit because I really am not seeing the give a shit factor from the defense. Um. You know, Miles Miles was still going. I know people like to criticize him for taking plays off or not hustling. He's not the guy you have to worry about. Neither is Clowney. There's plenty of guys that don't hustle uh, that, that you should be more worried about. Yeah. Um, this John Johnson thing did not go the way I thought it would at all. No. I was so pumped to get him. Uh, I was rooting for him. You know, uh, he, he had a great thing going in LA before he got here and just didn't come to fruition. You know, we, we have so many injury issues. This defense gonna is going to have a whole new look out of a couple guys, uh, aside yeah. from a couple guys. Speaking of Ohio state guys, we probably should have traded off Denzel Ward while he had more value in, in my opinion. It's a hot I topic. It's a hot topic. And you know what? I like was Denzel he Ward, worth but, the money? Huh? Was he worth the money? Well, see, that's the question. Nobody is saying Denzel Ward isn't good. 
He's right. a good player, but with the amount of time he spends on the field and the production we get out of him, uh, when you put that together with the contract we gave him, I'm not sure it was the best contract. Yep. So it's it's one of those things where I would be like my heart would be telling me I don't want this Denzel Ward to go anywhere because I still have we we know how talented talented he is and we have an idea of what he could be, but you know, with that contract and, and putting the other pieces of the puzzle together. I, I don't know if that was a good, good contract. And it was better to relieve ourselves of his services this past year rather than next year. So it's not like, it's like we might, we might've committed to him just by waiting. We don't have as much of a choice now the way his contract is structured. All right. Somebody's on one. I nobody said Denzel Ward is trash. No, nobody no, said no. Denzel Ward is trash. He is a great cornerback. Is he a hundred million dollar quarterback? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, tough, tough questions. But we got all it, offseason. It could be our defensive it. coordinator. I mean, it could be. It could be a couple. It could things. be. I'm not convinced Wood has these guys prepared. No, at all. I mean, John Johnson was extremely successful in. Los Angeles, and he's been a shell of himself since he's come here. So, I mean, something's not right. <clears throat> something's not right. Yeah, this is this isn't. I mean, I wish I could be be real feel good right now about next year. This year's not even over. This is one of those seasons where this year's not even over, and we're already talking about next year. Yeah, because there's not a whole lot to talk about for the rest of this year. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna throw our jerseys on like the one I'm wearing right now. We're gonna root for the Browns on Sundays, but at this point, is it gonna make or break your day? We don't have any hope. There's not a whole lot to root for here, right? Um, you know, it's just, it's just, man, we're in the grieving process right now, right? I think, and I'm the pessimistic one. Yeah, that's all right. I'm usually the one right. getting yelled at, so I'm kind of liking this flip. Right now. <laughs> oh man uh, i'm digging it if you guys are listening not watching i'm getting insults in the comments i don't even know what they mean uh <laughs> but <laughs> um yeah so all right any any more thoughts on the on the baltimore game we didn't really get too deep into it i mean i'm watching to see deshaun watson's <coughs> uh progression yeah. forward i'm looking this i'm looking at uh getting the running game back on track, seeing if this offensive or offensive line is not, not in good shape right now. So my expectations are pretty limited there and I just don't trust the defense. So these are all beatable teams we're playing for the rest of the year. And none of them are in my mind, a, a layup at all. Right. Like, I can't wait I'm for not... the Christmas Eve game when Andy Dalton comes into Cleveland and just roasts our secondary. Man. So we have like a so we have like a 0.4 percent ch chance to make the playoffs. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Like I wonder what kind of uh standings, like what kind of tiebreakers we would have. What all would we need to happen? That's oh gosh. I don't know. That's gotta... that's a set of mental gymnastics that I'm just not ready to take on. Sorry. Yeah. So all right. Well, that is it for today's show. Uh, well, Ryan, give me a give me a prediction for the Browns Ravens game, and then we'll head to the overtime. 
Um, Oh, God, I, I don't know. I can't predict anything other than a, a Ravens win. I think the Ravens beat us, personally. Unless something happens and we see a, a significant increase in Deshaun Watson's play or the offense's play, um, I think the Ravens' defense is, is really good. I think they shut down our run game just based on how our offensive line is playing right now. Um, we've got weaknesses at center. We've got you know tackles that are not playing the way that they should be playing. Um, we've got, you know, guards that are paying significant amount of money that, uh, aren't playing very well. They're all having issues. Um, I, I think unless the, the offense plays lights out, we lose. That's just my opinion. I can't come up with a score prediction. I'm just not prepared mentally to do it. Yeah. So for me, I I'm with you. I think Baltimore is going to win this game. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to beat the brakes off of us. Uh, no. You know, I think I think it's going to be similar to what we saw this past week. Um, maybe a, maybe another touchdown from each team, uh, something like that, especially if we can get the ground game going. Right. But, you know, something like a 30 to 17, 28 to 14, something, yeah. something around there. I um, do not think we stop their run game. Not no. with four backup linebackers off the practice squad. It's just not going to happen. Um, so uh, hopefully the rest of you are more optimistic than we are. Uh, <laughs> the dogs table pessimists. Right. Uh, we should change the name of the, the after show to the pessimistic uh, overtime show. Right. Um, right. But, Listen, uh, we love our Browns. We're, we're in pain just like every other Browns fan out there. You know, don't take the mood of the show as how every show is going to be from now on. We're, we're living in the moment, guys. We're there with you. We're fans just as much as you guys are. Um, so, you know, just bear with us. We'll get back to where we need to be, and we'll be talking about good stuff in the future. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you're watching, stick around for the overtime show. This is Craig Fountain and Ryan Angelo. We are here with the Dogs Table. We thank you for listening, and uh, we are part of the Dogs by Nature podcast network via uh, SB Nation and Vox Media. We will be back next week. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, go Browns. Go Browns. This episode was supported by Reddit for Business. You want the right attention for your business, but you don't know where to get it. It should be a place where people actually take the time to engage with your ads. Why not try Reddit? They seem to have a whole engagement thing down pat. With over 100,000 communities, Reddit users are some of the most active online. Meet your potential customers where they feel most at home, with 90% of users trusting Reddit to learn about new products and brands. Just go to redditforbusiness.com slash vox to learn more.